devotional podcast. I'm glad you've joined us again today. Our scripture reading today will just be one verse from Psalm 85, verse 6. And the scripture says this, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? I want to talk to you today about revival. We've been hearing a lot about revival recently because of a fresh movement of the Spirit of God at Asbury College in Kentucky. The reports coming to us indicate that a genuine movement of God's Spirit is underway at this small Christian college and that it's spreading to other campuses as well. Given the reports coming in about this, and you may have heard them, I thought it might be good for us today to reflect on what revival is and how it happens. First, what comes into our minds when most of us hear the word revival probably isn't truly revival. Many of us think immediately of evangelistic campaigns held through special meetings in churches for a week or two. Now, this is less common in our day than it was years ago, but still we tend to equate revival with evangelism, and that's a mistake because the two are not in fact the same. One commentator has said that evangelism is good news, but revival is new life. You see, when God grants revival, it brings new life to his church. Revival creates in the hearts of his people a new hunger for himself, a new interest in his word, a renewed consciousness of sin, and often a deep sense of repentance. Revival is for the people of God. And that sometimes spills over into the society in general. And when that happens, it's called an awakening. In an awakening, evangelism is effective. People are convicted of their sins, putting their faith in Christ. And sometimes they do this in such numbers that a time of moral reformation can actually sweep a nation. Now, this doesn't always follow. But wouldn't it be wonderful if God chose to do this through what's happening at Asbury? Another thing we need to know about revival is that wonderful as it is, you and I can't work it up. Men and women can't make revival happen. God grants revival as he pleases, and it's almost always given after a period of moral darkness in the society and lukewarmness in his church. And when the fullness of time for revival comes, it usually begins with a few burdened souls who turn away from the darkness and lukewarmness and with tear-stained faces seek the face of the Savior. Most revivals start in prayer meetings and are followed by convicting preaching of God's word, repentance and confession of sin, a glad acceptance of the scriptures, and refreshing times of spiritual joy for God's people. Revival is an altogether good thing when it comes, and we ought to long to see these times of refreshing in our day. Now, when God grants revival, Satan does not sleep. He'll do his best to throw cold water on revival fires, and almost always he uses two tactics to great effect. One thing he'll do is to use self-promoting individuals to whip up emotions and emotional experiences promising people that this is in fact real revival fire, when in reality, excessive emotional displays aren't real fire at all, they're painted fire. They look like the real thing, but in fact, there's no spiritual warmth in them at all. 
And almost always, these characters take these things to deeper and deeper extremes of emotionalism until the whole movement becomes suspect in the minds of outside observers. So that's one tactic that the enemy uses to try to quench the fires of revival. The second tactic is to find some well-meaning preachers who will assure everyone that the whole thing's just a humbug, that God isn't the one behind the revival, and that the enemy of man's souls may very well be the author of the whole thing. Well, it sounds plausible, and in fact, it may sometimes actually be true, but beware when you hear these things. These well-intentioned dragons would throw out every instance of revival, true or false, on the simple premise that nothing is genuine that doesn't match their ideas. Beware of anyone who thinks himself to be the measure of all things when it comes to God's work. So what is our conclusion? Well, we conclude that revival is a real thing that God sometimes does grant to his church, and we should be grateful when it's given. Genuine revival is characterized by humility among its leaders, repentance among God's people, renewal of God's churches, and joy among those who are privileged to receive it. And wouldn't it be wonderful if revival broke out in our church? Let's pray. Lord, along with the psalmist, we pray, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Revive us again, O Lord, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us again today. Let's pray that God would grant revival in our church, too.